Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to Extra Point, taking on the Ringer NFL feed. Shio Kapadia here with Ben Solak. The first day of the negotiating period for free agents. We've got moves left and right. The Bears, the Broncos, the Niners, the Raiders. We got all these to get to. Benjamin Solak, how did your first, let's say, eight hours of the new, it's not even the new league here, just the negotiating yeah, period, go just- for you. It's my wife's favorite period of the year. She always she loves this. She's like, what's going on at NFL? What's going to work today? I'm like, oh, it's legal tampering and shit. Legal tampering. It's just the best yeah. oxymoron you've ever heard. It's like, yep, we, uh, everybody was illegally tampering before free agency, so we decided to make this window for you to legally tamper. And then it turns out the moment the legally tampering window starts, all the deals are still figured out anyway, baby. It's the, uh, my favorite time of the year. It really doesn't make a lot of sense, let's be honest, but that's okay because it provides the big word content for us on this feed. We're going to get to a bunch of these teams, a bunch of these moves, and uh, if something happens during the show, we will get to some breaking news, like a certain Green Bay Packers quarterback deciding no, whether no, 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 he's going no, 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 no. to be traded he doesn't, to the Jets He doesn't or not. deserve no? any teasers anymore. No, like, and the okay. big domino, because that just feeds into... Whatever he's got going on. Uh, the, the big domino this true. week, baby, was was Duke Riley returning to the Dolphins. Chris Mannerts to the Broncos. Man, that's the real, that's what the football heads care about. I'm going to start with the Chicago Bears because, Ben, you and I did a podcast on Friday night talking about the Bears trade with the Carolina Panthers moving back. And we said, well, what do they have to do now? And we got a little sense of what they were going to do now. So they signed linebacker Tremaine Edmonds Four years, $72 million. They signed linebacker TJ Edwards. Three years, $19.5 million. They signed guard Nate Davis. Three years, $30 million. The Bears, the most active team, probably the most active team. We'll get to a, yeah. another uh, couple teams that were very active, but uh, made a lot, of, a lot of the headlines today. What did you think about the moves they made following that trade back on Friday night? Uh, the Bears kind of get the the perennial award we give out in free agency for like these guys won free agency and it's just because like they had the most money. You know what I'm saying? Like in terms of of quality of moves, 
I thought the Edwards deal was was quite solid. That was the first year that was announced. Uh, you and I talked in the Philly special about what the price tag for Edwards might look might look like. This came in below what I expected. Uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised the Eagles didn't keep him at this number. I'm surprised he wasn't offered a bigger number elsewhere. Maybe he wanted to be back in the Midwest. He's obviously from Wisconsin. And he's from that area, excuse me, went to school at Wisconsin. Uh, and so who knows? But like 319.5, I like that a lot. TJ Edwards, plug and play, quality linebacker, good stuff. Nate Davis, guard out of Tennessee. I like this player quite a bit. Road grader, physical run blocker, holds up in pass protection, got big size, right? He, he, he's a, a tone-setting sort of a player. Okay, I like that you get Nate Davis and you, you shore up on your guard spots. I, tackle and center were the weaker spots on the team. I don't know if we need to be dropping money on guard, but I like the player. And then you see the money, $10 million per. And it's kind of like, all right, cool. That's not bad. It's not prohibitive. It's not a problem. You know, kind of a lot of guards flown around on the market. Did we have to go day one, big money, Nate Davis? I don't know. But you know what? It's good. It's fine. It's fine. It's great. And then the Tremaine Edmonds news drops. Linebacker from the Bills. Four years, 72 million. And it's like, okay, what? 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 Why did we trade Roquan away to then sign TJ Edwards to then sign Tremaine Edmonds to now a total money between uh, TJ Edwards and, 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 and Tremaine Edmonds, which those two names are going to kill me. I'm already, when I try to talk about these two linebacker moves, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, come on. There's no way to keep this straight. So forgive me for any time I, I, I mistake the names. But the combined money they're giving Edwards and Edmonds now is more than Roquan's making on his extension with Baltimore. And now, obviously, they get a second-round pick back from trading Roquan away, and they get two linebackers instead of one. But I don't think either of Edmonds or Edwards is in that tier of players that Roquan is in terms of, like, impact guy on all three downs. Playmaker. Game changer. Create turnovers. Create stops out of, out of nothing. Not like, oh, he like made the tackle when he was supposed to, but like with instincts and with explosiveness and with unique playmaking ability, creating a play out of nothingness. Like uh, people, oftentimes when they analyze the NFL, they want player acquisition and, and quality of play to be graded on a cumulative scale. Where you say, like, oh, Edmonds plus Edwards equals Roquan. He really doesn't. It, it, they really don't because Roquan is a blue chip elite player and neither of those two guys are. So you can, you can like talk your way into it, but I just like it, the bears. It's the same thing with wide receiver. We talked about it in last week's episode. Like I love DJ Moore, but the whole chase Claypool situation makes it hard for me to get all the way there. Well, I love like the Edward signing, but the whole Tremaine Edmonds situation makes it hard for me to get all the way there. Like it, it, it feels like they're throwing a lot at the wall right now and seeing what sticks. And that's okay. That's not bad. I don't think that's like, oh no, the Bears messed up. I just am like a little bit more tepid than the whole like Bears day one winner. It's like, no, Bears day one had a lot of money and did a lot of things. Now we have to see kind of how the dust settles. Yeah, I'm there with you on a couple different in a couple different areas. I mean, one is exactly what you said. I, I mean, when they traded Ro- Roquan Smith, I assumed they did not want to make a big investment in the off-ball linebacker right. position. Because if you have Roquan Smith in the building and he's a player you drafted and you believe in investing in linebackers, uh, that's, the, that's the guy to invest money in. I mean, he, he, like you said, he's on a different level than the players they signed today. So instead, they signed Tremaine Edmonds, like we said. Now, we'll see what the actual numbers are, and I'll, I'll repeat that over and over again during this episode because you get funny numbers come out, and then in two days we say, oh, okay, it wasn't actually that bad. But Tremaine and, uh, Edmonds was a little bit of an up-and-down player for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he had his mm-hmm. best year uh, last year. He had 74 career starts. He's a very young player, like no 
one comes into the league as young as Tremaine Edmonds did. He'll be 25 years old at the start of the 2023 season. So you can convince me there's some upside there, uh, but that just seemed a little head scratching to me that if you're willing to invest that kind of money in an off ball linebacker, then you could have just extended Roquan Smith rather than made both of these moves. And once you get TJ Edwards in the building, like, okay, they're done. And like, obviously they're not responsible for the timing of it all. It just was a peculiar sequence. The other thing that's funny about it is because of TJ Edwards's uh, history playing Mike linebacker, which he played with Philadelphia and his not, you know, his coverage is not where he's the strongest relative to Tremaine Edmonds, who spent time on the, on at Mike, like on the strong side, quote unquote, for the bills early on. But like once Matt Milano really started to emerge as a player, he was Edmonds played more of their weak side stuff. You're going to end up with a really weird linebacker situation where I'm imagining TJ Edwards is going to play the mic for them at like 6'1", 235 pounds. I know he's listed 243 if you look online, but he's not 243 anymore. He cut weight in Philadelphia. And then Tremaine Edmonds is going to play weak side at like 6'5", 245, which is not a problem. It's just very weird pairing. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me in terms of how those two guys are going to be used next to each other. Yeah, so so we will. And the other thing is with Edmonds, with that deal, like a bunch of off-ball linebackers who are like competent, solid starters got signed today for between five and seven million dollars. Like this is a real outlier to get signed for seventeen, a reported seventeen million dollars a year. So I, I'm just not sure that they had to go there. And even Nate Davis, like you mentioned, you know, not a bad player, a, right. a fine starting right guard but you know if you look at it brandon thorne who i trust with all my uh, o-line evaluation does the wonderful trench warfare substack called him a middle of the road right guard who is a little shaky in pass protection if so, there's like, if there's i love brandon if there's one player i disagree yeah. with on brandon more than any other player it's nate davis which is really funny for okay. the purposes of this exact well, plot. i love nate davis yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're allowed to have your uh, opinion on that. But $10 million a year for a guard who is not a great guard, but an okay guard. Even that to me, like, I'm fine. If you're going to overspend, overspend it on the offensive side of the ball to help Justin Fields. So I want to see what else they do. Right now, they're an incomplete to me. If you tell me these are their big moves right. and I don't see anything else done on the offensive line, then I'm going to be crushing the Bears uh, a few weeks from now because I'm going to go, why did you spend all that money on Tremaine Edmonds and not address some of the issues on the offensive line? So even if you have a DG more, you still can't protect Justin Fields. You still don't have enough offensive line depth. You still have weak links on the offensive line that to yeah. me is the worst case scenario if you're a bears fan having said that it's the first day of free agency so i'll be, and they be got, let me be clear bears yeah. fans i'm not crushing them uh right now let's see what else they do yeah over the last three days the bears have gotten four good football players in the building it is arguable that last season the bears had at times four total good football players so all together good it's yeah. when you start getting into the nitty-gritty of the details, right? You, so you start to wonder if there was more meat on this bone. I definitely think they had... I think their plan at tackle was Mike McGlinchey, the, the free agent from San Francisco. And it appears they got priced out because he took $87.5 million over five years. Again, like you said, we don't know details to go be with the Broncos. I don't know how you feel about Mike McGlinchey. We've never, we've never talked Mike McGlinchey. Let's go right to it. Great yeah. segue. Let's go to the Broncos. How do you feel about that signing? Not great. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about that one. That's a lot for me. Um, the Broncos, I understand why Sean Payton, over the course of his, his, his uh, time with the Saints, continuing to have just like elite tackle play, like Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchick, like that pairing defined his late era 
Saints run. You know what I'm saying? He had Armstead there for like a decade. Here, here. Let me let me just recap the moves real quick, and then oh, continue your, yeah, your yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just so so your Mike McGlinchey, you mentioned it, right tackle, five years, eighty-seven and a half million dollars, seventeen and a half million per year, with fifty million guaranteed. Big time money. He's getting paid like a top five right tackle in the NFL. Then they sign guard Ben Powers from the Ravens, four years, fifty-two million dollars. $13 million per year with $28.5 million guaranteed. Then they signed Jarrett Stidham from the Raiders, two years, $10 million. Then they signed blocking tight end Chris Manhurts. Then they signed off-ball linebacker Alex Singleton, three years, $18 million. So they're right there with the Bears as maybe the most active team on day one of free agency. But continue, you're talking about McGlinchey yeah. and Sean Payton uh, and his need for tackles. Yeah, so you go, okay, I want to make sure I lock down the, these tackle spots. I love it. I've gotten out of left tackle Garrett Bowles, who had a nice, you know, uh, t- took him a little bit to kind of get the plane off the ground, but Bowles, I think, has developed into your start and it was starting left tackle. Okay, cool, let's handle right tackle. Mike McGlinchey, been a starter since he was a rookie. Uh, you know, he's got like good PFF grades and stuff. Like, let's do it. Here we go. When I watch Mike McGlinchey film, I don't see a player that I love trusting one-on-one in pass protection in like true pass scenarios, right? This this Niners offense, especially early in his career, ton of play action, would protect him a lot from that over the course of the last couple years as the Niners have increasingly become more of like a straight drop back team. You see McGlinchey just regularly get picked on in pass protection. The problem with McGlinchey is he's too tall. Uh, is like legit 6'9", and he has leverage issues where like rushers who get underneath him can just displace him. He can't drop his weight very well, so he gets put in the back of the pocket a lot. Uh, I was not... I've never been a big Michael Lynch fan going back to when he came out of Notre Dame, which Niners fans were always very upset with me about that. And then today, McGlinchey went to the Broncos, and all these Niners fans were like, nah, 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 we wouldn't have paid him that money. I'm like, yeah, man, like this is this is the issues with, with a player of this frame. You just have to deal with this. To me, it's not dissimilar to the Orlando Brown conversation in Kansas City, where the Chiefs, I know we're going to talk about them later, but they move on from Orlando Brown, just get a different tackle in there, because, like, yeah, the player's, like, strengths to him, but with Brown and his heavy-footedness and with McGlinchey and his height, there's just like an Achilles heel that like once opposing defenses find it, like it's really hard to hide this guy. I thought that was an overpay uh, for the Broncos in a big way. The the Ben Powers for Graham Glasgow and, and Dalton Reisner switch to me is very interesting. Um, again, like to me, this is Peyton saying, watching, you know, Glasgow is obviously old and like he get some cap relief. I kind of get that. But watching Reisner and saying, oh, he doesn't play the way I want him to play. I'm just going to get Ben Powers in here. Like, I like I like his film better. Like, it's just my style of guard. Like, okay, like, sure. But like, I don't I don't think that's a net gain from like letting your two starting guards walk and then bring in Ben Powers, who to me is just like run of the mill guard on a $52 million deal. It's $13 million per. Like, that's that's high tier starter money. And I don't rate I don't rate Ben Powers that way. Uh, and so I, I think their offensive line shuffling led to a lot of money getting moved around, but it's difficult for me to go and there's the measurable improvement. Then beyond that, it's Jarrett Stidham, which is just like hilarious. And then Alex Singleton, who I refuse to talk about Alex Singleton because I started talking about Alex Singleton on Twitter and everybody got really mad at me. So I'm out. I'm out on Alex Singleton conversations. Let's zoom out on the Broncos, Benjamin. In the first eight hours here, they signed right tackle, whose strength, as you mentioned, would be more as a run blocker than a pass blocker. And I'm with you. And, and, and that that is a, I mean, I, I would not, if I were a team, I would not be comfortable paying that kind of money to Mike McGlinchey. I mean, in addition to what you mentioned about some of the pass protection issues, started 69 games in five seasons, you know, so there's been some durability issues. I would describe him as, as a solid but unspec- unspectacular right tackle, precisely the kind of guy you don't really want to overpay 
in right. free agency. They decided to do it. That's fine. Ben Powers, a run-blocking guard from the Baltimore Ravens. Chris Manhurts, the man does not catch yeah, yeah. passes as a tight end. He is a run-blocking tight end. Sean Payton is telling us in his first eight hours of being able to make moves, Russ, you ain't cooking. Russ, the ball is not going to be in your hands. Yes, I know those owners, they're paying you $49 million a year, but this is going to be a whole different offense for us in 2023. Don't worry. We'll get some play-action shots for you. We'll, we'll let you you know do some screen game and that kind of thing, but if you think that we're going to put the ball in your hands, and let you control this offense. No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. In fact, we're going in the complete opposite direction of that. And we're going to try to build this team uh, into an efficient running offense. So that really stood out to me with all of those moves that the Broncos made. By the way, Jarrett Stidham, two years, $10 million. I mean, $5 million a year. That's like nice, nice backup money. That's not like take a flyer on a young player. I kind of like, I mean, I don't know if I tell you Ben in week nine, you're going to wake up to a report on a Monday morning that, or, or on a Wednesday morning that Jarrett Stidham is getting first team reps with the Broncos because Sean Payton is on. I mean, are you going to be shocked? I'm not going to be shocked no, by that. I would if not that's be how it goes. Uh, there is no indication that Sean Payton really has a strong belief in Russell Wilson and being to turn, being able to turn around Russell Wilson's career this season. Now, maybe it'll happen again. These are just early moves, but, uh, I don't know. I, I did not love these moves for the Broncos. I thought they spent quite a bit and had yeah. some head-scratching moves here for a team that has kind of you know some limited draft capital with the moves they've made for Russell Wilson and for Sean Payton. Uh, I thought this was a little bit of an aggressive first eight hours for me. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who they're going to sign in free agency at center to replace Glasgow now, given the, the, the run-blocking focus. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's either Ben Jones... 34 years old out of Tennessee, right? You know, big, gnarly dude, culture setter there for, for the Titans. Or Jake Brandle, where they just bring in two X san Francisco offensive linemen, and they're like, we're doing it, baby. It's wide zone and go home. Which, like, I'll put it to you this way. They spent a lot of money on this. I don't mind the philosophy shift. Like, if it's going to work with Russ, it's going to work with a run approach. I don't think you needed to spend this much money to change your philosophy, though. I think you could have just yeah. changed your philosophy. Yeah, so we'll see what else the uh, the Broncos do here. But I was pretty surprised with how aggressive they were here on the first mm-hmm. day. All right, let's get to another team you mentioned. Actually, no, we got to get to this one. The Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo. See, I know. Listen, we might not both want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, but we know the content form. You got to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to talk about Jimmy. I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, the Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Three years, $67.5 million. Uh, that's $22.5 million per year with $34 million fully guaranteed. What did you think of this move Raiders move on from Derek Carr, bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, so we actually have some uh, spot rack contract information for this one in terms of structure, which I think really helps understand the deal. Uh, Jimmy's going to be a $16.3 million uh, cap hit in 2023, according to what we see from spot rack right now. That ain't, that ain't nothing. That's fine. That's no problem. They, the Raiders can then get out of the deal. Uh, at that point, Jimmy Garoppolo would be 33 years old. He'd be an 18.7 dead cap hit, which like sounds like a lot, but on the, in the in the world of quarterback dead cap hits, 18.7, you 
you got to, you know, swallow it and then you're fine. He'd be a total cap hit uh, of 28 million for that year and for the year following. So this can be structurally a one-year deal that ends up costing the Raiders about 24.25 million total. And then they have 18.7 in dead cap the next season. Yeah, I think I I was looking at it on over the cap. I think it would be more like one year, like since he has the thirty four million fully guaranteed. I think it would be more like one year, thirty four million, if I'm not mistaken. But again, we'll we'll see what well, all the details so are. But the 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 discrepancy there is there's a 2024 roster bonus, right? That's why his cap hit is, is low in 2023 and goes up for 24 and up for 25. There's a, a roster bonus worth like 11, 12 million dollars that will activate on the third day of the 2024 year, which I'm assuming guarantees at that time, right? That's usually how that works. It's not like currently guaranteed now. Uh, okay. So I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're, okay. So they're, you're yeah. right. Maybe, it, yeah, it would be like even less than that. Yeah, right. And so that's why basically the, the, the Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo are going to have a very similar decision to make to the ones they had to make this past year with Derek Carr, where they sign him to an extension, but the extension is functionally a one-year deal. And after that one-year deal, they can commit to the remaining years or not. What this tells me is that the Raiders are look are sitting there at set seven overall and going, all right, Panthers at one, Texans at two, Colts at four. And we got Lions around here. We got the Falcons around here. We got, you know, the Saints sniffing around. Not the Saints anymore. They signed Derek Carr. We got a lot of teams sniffing around. Seahawks at five. Everybody can take a quarterback. We need two worlds. We need the world in which Jimmy's keeping the seat warm for Anthony Richardson for a year. And we need the world in which Jimmy's got to keep the seat warm for a couple of years. And that's how this contract was structured. I think Jimmy's got a great opportunity to produce well in Las Vegas. I don't know what Darren Waller's future is with the team. I think that's up in the air. But Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, those sort of receivers work well with Jimmy. Josh McDaniels, I think, runs a great offense for how Jimmy plays. Jimmy, at this stage in his career, is a much better just drop back in the pocket and distribute passer than he was like five years ago. So you don't need to run the play action stuff to keep him on, on a crutch. He's, he's matured past that point. I think there's a chance that Jimmy performs and produces quite well, and then there's a young player behind him, and the Raiders have to make a decision next offseason. Yeah, yeah. I think the the key point you made there is this is a one-year commitment, however you want to look at it. They can get out of this deal after one year for minimal damage. If they want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on for longer than that, if he stays healthy, if he plays well, they can do that at a very reasonable rate. I mean, you're talking about if you're paying in the 20s for a starting quarterback, you are below market value, and you're kind of getting a deal there other than guys who have quarterbacks on rookie contracts. My issue with the Raiders is they seem directionless to me. I mean, what is their plan? This time last year, we're going to get Chandler Jones. We're getting Devontae Adams. We're competing in the AFC West. There's no rebuilding here with Josh McDaniels. And then what happens? It doesn't go as according to plan. Derek Carr is gone. You blame your problems mm-hmm. on him. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. And now what are you going to do? Are you you're trying to compete with Jimmy Garoppolo? Where are you really getting with a Jimmy Garoppolo-led Raiders team? I mean, you're going right. to be competent. You're going to be solid. You could maybe earn a wild card spot. You're not going to be a great team. So I just don't know what the long-term vision is there. And I wonder what it's going to be. Maybe it'll... Uh, crystallize a little bit during the draft. Like you mentioned, if they do draft someone and Garoppolo's like the one-year guy and then you have a quarterback going forward, it will make more sense to me. But I'm not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt based on what I saw last year and what I saw this year. I think they just kind of make these moves and don't really have a great long-term vision. All right, have you come to, a, have you yeah, come yeah. to an answer? 
Okay. I would say the chance that Jimmy outperforms Carr in terms of raw production, 61% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 24 for 14 touchdown interception ratio. So that's like 7.0 yards per attempt. Adjust the net yards per attempt, it's just over six. Like it's not, they're not great numbers. I put it up like 55%. I think, I, I, think okay. I would say, I would say it's a slight favorite, but I, I would, you know, put it around like coin flip area. I'm more okay with the Raiders' direction than you are. Last season, in my opinion, was... Okay, we're going to sign Derek Carr to this extension, and we're going to get the pieces around him where if we're good, we're ready to shoot, ready to compete, and we're going to give ourselves a one-year trap door such that if we know this doesn't work, we're not in the situation where it's like, all right, we have to, like, like they're not in Vikings land, where every contract the Vikings sign with Kirk Cousins they're like, shoot, we can't get out of Kirk this year. We got to do this for another year. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be like 2037. Yep. And we're going to be like, well, they just signed yep. him to another, you know, dude, one dude, year dude, dude. the Vikings. Yeah. Kirk's not up this, like, <laughs> Kirk's not a free agent. He's a free agent after next season. And the Vikings didn't extend him recently. And that was such a big deal that Rap got on NFL Network, talked about it, and then tweeted out the clip of him being like, the Vikings are not in contract extension talks with Kirk Cousins right now. They are not thinking about extending. They might let Kirk Cousins play out a contract year. This is unbelievable. It's like that, the, the, the Raiders stayed out of Kirk Cousins land. And to me, that is a, a, a win and a sense of direction. It, it's not really we're going somewhere. It's we're not going to go that way. <laughs> we're not going to do it this way. And and I think that if they were in a better position draft-wise, they wouldn't have needed to do Jimmy like this. But with the, this current state of, of quarterback interest in the top of the draft, I understand why they felt, let's get ourselves as strong of a safety blanket as we can in Jimmy Garoppolo. And especially, like, once you fold in the McDaniels knowledge and he was there when they drafted him and all that like it, it there's a little bit of it makes too much sense to it that i don't mind it too much well the other thing is the reason with the draft they could have more draft capital or they could have another player they make that Devonte adams trade now mm -hmm. if we're assuming they're not going to be a great team this year so now you're talking about 2024 Devonte adams turns 32 during the 2024 uh, season. So again, there was a short-sightedness to some of those moves. I didn't get that move uh, at the time, and I just feel like like I'll believe it when I see a plan that made. The other yeah. thing is Jimmy Garoppolo has, has started more than ten games twice in his career. So like you have to invest now in backup quarterback unless you're fine with your team just sucking. Uh, they lost if Jimmy Jared. Garoppolo gets injured, and Jimmy Garoppolo does get injured. So I just feel like they're kind of stuck in mediocrity now. Again, they yeah. have the seventh pick. Let's see what happens with the seventh pick um, in terms of this contract for this year to keep you afloat. I think it's, it's perfectly fine. It's not a big deal. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of 
quarterback moves. I think this one got you feeling a little tingly. San Francisco 49ers <laughs> bring in Samuel L. Darnold. I don't know if his middle initials yeah. L. It just felt right. Oh, Samuel L. Darnold and Javon Hargrave, the defensive tackle from the Eagles. We don't have terms Richard. on the Darnold. Richard. Okay. You know what? I still like L. Samuel L. L. Richard Darnold. Javon Hargrave, four years, $84 million, $21 million per year with $40 million guaranteed. Darnold, we don't have uh, trade terms uh, or contract terms yet. And they obviously lost McGlinchey uh, in free agency to the Broncos, as we mentioned, and they lose Garoppolo to the Raiders. What did you think of Hargrave and specifically Sam Darnold joining the 49ers? I knew Sam Darnold's middle name was Richard. Do you know how I knew that? No, something because weird. When, when he was coming out in the draft, everybody was obsessed with his grandfather, who was an actor. He was a firefighter. He was an athlete. He competed in the 64 Olympics playing volleyball. Uh, and the reason why everybody cared so much about his grandfather is because his grandfather's name was Richard Hammer and went by the name Dick Hammer. And so the second yeah. I saw Richard as yeah. Sam Darnold, I was like, wait a minute, why do I know that? And then I did a quick Google, what, and now I remember Listen, when you... When you say everyone was obsessed with his grandfather, Ben, I, the very I can assure small you, everyone was not. Your little community might have been, but uh, my Dra- people in my life were not obsessed with Sam Darnold's grandfather. 2018 draft Twitter, okay? I was a junior in college. Like That era, of, we, were, we were all about Dick Hammer. We were very impressed that, 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 that uh, Sam Darnold's grandfather was Dick Hammer. Anyway... Okay. Uh, you said that the Sam Darnold uh, uh, signing with the Niners might have got me a little tingly. It's, in fact, the exact opposite. Oh. My Sam Darnold Niners take is this. No. Every single <laughs> Sam Darnold fan, every single Sam, Sam Darnold believer going back to the draft days, then to the early days with the Jets, always has 10,000 explanations as to why Sam has not been good. Uh, the Jets are unstable in the offensive line play, seeing ghosts in the difficult division, and the Jets didn't build around him, and then Carolina, and then he has this nice stretch to end the season in Carolina, right? He had the, that run of games where he's very efficient, and they're running the football and going play action. He's throwing middle of the field because Darnold's always had the, the flashes. He's always had the peaks. The, the poster child for enough flashes to keep you interested is Sam Darnold. Like, whatever the bar is for, like, flashy but not actually good donald's just right in that space he's right in that meridian and now he's with kyle shanahan now he's with just king of what quarterback play can i get out of this guy which means that we are going to do for the next six months sam donald look really good otas sam donald just look at noticeable difference in sam donald's arm during mandatory minicamp i refuse to engage with it i absolutely cannot i do think it's a good signing like for the niners i do think that if Purdy's elbow doesn't recover super easily, I think Darnold gives them a nice high floor backup and a guy that can hold the seat while they're trying to figure out what to do with Trey Lance and figure out what to do with 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 uh, 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 Brock Purdy. He does provide like a degree of like consistency, like a known variable, and what's like a very unknown variable soup right now at the at the quarterback position for the Niners. But I I refuse to go any further than that. Any if anybody puts the words Sam Darnold and Renaissance in that order, now no 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 no, that's not allowed on this show. Rank them one, two, three in terms of game started for the 49ers oh my in 2023. God, I don't want to. Stop making <laughs> Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Sam Darnold. One, Brock Purdy, two, Sam Darnold, three, Trey Lance. Wait, what? The Trey Lance is the lowest on that? Oh my God, I'm shocked. <laughs> 
That's I think Trey Lance won. Brock Purdy's going to be six months and see any. I think they signed Sam Darnold because they don't know if Brock Purdy's going to like be able to throw football they, next year. My, uh, Mike Garofalo, three days ago, Brock Purdy underwent successful surgery. The expectation is, is Purdy will begin throwing in three months. So they think Purdy's going to start throwing in July. Then, what, I don't, then why I, are you signing Sam Darnold if Purdy's going to be fine? Great question, Sheil. Listen, <laughs> I don't know anything about how the Niners are handling this quarterback position. The second they signed Hargreave, which I'm assuming we'll talk about in a second, my Lamar Jackson yeah. to the 49ers dream died. Okay, and that was the mm. I, I was I was grasping that dream. I was cleaving to it oh. because with without it, I have I cannot make heads or tails of this quarterback situation. I watched the Trey Lance film. From the six quarters that he played to start the the the, the 2022, 2023, what year is it? 23? To start the 2022 season, the game against the Bears. I watched that film and I went, I, they got to be over the moon for this guy. They got to see these throws and see the way he can move and be like, we, we, we've, we've got it. We have to sand out some rough edges. But like, this guy has the tools that we want him to have. We're going to be able to figure this out. We got to develop this guy. We've got it. And then every discourse every note every nugget that gets dropped out of san francisco into the media makes it seem like they don't like him so i i cannot tell you where the niners land on trey lance right now like people walk around india the combine being like yeah obviously the niners are going to trade trey lance of course you're going to trade trey lance they don't like trey lance like what have they watched him play like i have no idea so to me i know they like brock i'm putting brock at one and that's that's where i'm at right now that's all the information i have that could have been a really fun trade because you could have trey lance could go back to baltimore the Niners trade for Lamar Jackson. I mean, I that would have been a great trying, blockbuster. Shield. Yes, I was, you I, I was made it happen. willing it into existence. Bad job by you. Bad job uh, by you. Next I time, think Tra- I'll, I'll get the GMs on the phone next time. Yeah, I think Trey Lance is going to make the most starts for the Niners next year. I will put Darnold at two and Purdy at three. I just need to see. I mean, an elbow injury like that, I need to see you throwing footballs before I can believe that you're going to do yep. it. All right, so that's their quarterback situation. That will be, <laughs> I mean, you're right. Every week, OTAs, I mean, there are going to be it's stories gonna be after Sam stories. It's Darnold mania, dude. Yes, out of San Francisco, depending on who's healthy. Javon Hargrave, on the other hand, we both know, excellent football player, elite interior pass rusher, uh, according to Next Gen Stats. 11 sacks from a defensive tackle alignment last year. That ranked third in the NFL. 53 pressures that ranked second in the NFL among defensive tackles. It wasn't a one-year wonder. Uh, He was very productive in 2021 as well. Seven and a half sacks, 18 quarterback hits, a scheme versatile guy. He doesn't have to worry about that in San Francisco. We know what their scheme is going to be. We know he's going to be able to rush the passer, get upfield. Listen, it's a big... Price, $21 million per year, uh, I think puts him third among defensive tackles. I thought he was looking at more $17, $18 million per year. But if you're a Niners fan, you should be excited about this move. He's he's 30 years old. He's going to help your team uh, next year with Nick Bosa, with Eric Arbstead. He's going to be someone offenses are going to have to account for. And so I don't play. If you're going to invest, that's a a fine place uh, to invest where demand outweighs supply. Yeah, the... uh the Hargrave signing to me is one of those moves that's so clearly a reaction to how the team got eliminated from the playoffs. Niners play the Eagles, NFC Championship game, and you know maybe Sam Darnold and shoring up their quarterback three position is really the sign of how they lost the Eagles game. But when you turn on that Eagles offensive film, you saw a team circle the defensive tackle that wasn't Eric Armstead 
and go, we're running it at him. <laughs> Wherever that yeah. guy is, we're shoving him. Kinlaw had a long day, yeah. yeah, that afternoon. As you brought up, we all know what the Niners' scheme is. The scheme versatility is not important. They put four down defense alignment on the field. Four guys in one gap, and they tell them to penetrate. And they were suffering for run defense from the non-Armstead players at defensive tackle all season. The Eagles found the Achilles heel, and they hammered it. Hargrave is a perfect response to that. Because you put him in that gap, you lose nothing in terms of pass rush. He's an unbelievable pass rusher from that one-gap alignment, but he is so stout against the run. And this was something, I, I made this remark, and a lot of Eagles fans were like, no, he was really bad against the run. Like, he was, you know, his PFF grades are bad, and the Eagles were bad with him against the run on the field. A lot of that was what structurally the Eagles were doing. For the way the Niners defend the run, Hargrave is a plus-run defender. Absolutely. Like if you remember what he was doing in, with, with Pittsburgh, with the Steelers, right, before he was with the Eagles, his ability to remain stout, his ability to hold the line of attack, and then also penetrate and generate TFLs, like, it, it couldn't be more perfect of a fit. Now, four years, $84 million. She It's <laughs> a pretty penny. Javon Hargrave's going to send Deron Payne a nice bouquet of flowers. Big, you know, wherever, where, anytime you're around, Deron, I got you. I'll take you out. No problem. Because Deron Payne with Washington signed a huge extension before legal tampering began, four years, $90 million. That jacked Hargrave's price up. No way around it. Because Payne had a nice little contract year. He had a nice performance last season. But a lot of defensive tackles have been better than Deron Payne for quite some time. And so that, that's a big jump in the market. I'll be really curious to see how this is structured. Because four years, $84 million for a guy who just turned 30, worrisome. Uh, uh we don't yet have a lot of the details on it. Only $40 million guaranteed. I'll be curious to see if this looks more like it's like a two-year deal, and then they're going to see if they keep him at the price tag or not. Altogether, though, for the, the, the 49ers, Rich continue to get richer. The way that they cycle through defensive personnel, and then they're able to fill in their gaps with like fourth and fifth round, sixth round picks. I mean, no D'Amico, so we got to see how Steve Wilkes does there, but they feel like a factory at this point in the defensive line with Chris Kosarek. Great signing. Yeah, they should. I mean, they should be in. Let's try to win the Super Bowl right now mode. I mean, that that's where they have the core. What a ridiculous uh, thing to say that I wholly agree with about a team that at quarterback has Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Sam Darnold. Yeah, but yeah, I know. I, I 100% Other than agree. That, it's yeah. just ludicrous <laughs> that, that yeah. the Niners are literally like they're such a unique team in terms of how we talk about our, we talk around their quarterback situation. Yeah, yeah, it's not Mahomes, it's not Burrow, but they still should be in that mode. All right, two other teams I want to get to, and then we'll get to extra points where we'll just give any leftover thoughts that we have. This one was on my mind, Ben. The, the Atlanta Falcons, okay, uh, 10 minutes after the Lamar thing comes out, they, you know, they're not interested in Lamar. We know that. We don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Chris Lindstrom, they sign at guard. Five, now, this, one, this is one where let's uh, really let's see what the real numbers are because if these are the real numbers, I'm going to be shocked, but who knows? Five years and $105 million reportedly with $63 million guaranteed. Why would I be shocked? Because that would make him the highest paid right guard by $4.5 million per year over Brandon Scherf. That would near, nearly double the guarantee, the highest guarantee of a right guard, which is Zach Martin at $32 million per year. This is more than Quentin Nelson got at $20 million per year and $41 million guaranteed. So if he got that, We'll I guess those are the numbers we have to go by right now, but I think we have to do a big caveat right there. So that's Chris Lindstrom. Good player, good guard. David Onyemata, the defensive tackle from the Saints they signed. Yep. Three years, $35 million. And then Jesse Bates, the free safety from the Cincinnati Bengals. Four years, $64 million. So, I mean, three very big contracts. One is rewarding their own guy. 
two on the outside. What did you think of what the Falcons did uh, the last couple couple days here? How dare you overlook? Who did I miss? The, the seventh round pick traded for John U. Smith. Oh, yes, John John U. Smith only ever been good with Arthur Smith as his coordinator back home where he belongs in the ten, in the Tennessee Titans offense part two Atlanta version. Chris Lynch. I'm old enough to remember yeah. when Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry were going to be the new Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. I mean, that. Let, let's get some old takes exposed uh, on, on those Brother. takes back when they signed those two guys. All right, they, sorry, continue. I had walked, to get that off my yeah. chest. Talk, talk, about, talk about a good free agency <laughs> uh, uh, you know, cautionary tale, though. Like, oh, look at, look at all these contracts we signed. Yeah, remember when the Niners, or excuse me, not the Niners, remember when the Patriots rolled out with Jonu, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, and then there was another one on defense that made Kendrick like, no Born, yeah, Kendrick uh, Bourne. Jalen uh, Mills. Mills, yeah. that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then also, like, then got Matt Juden. Matt Juden's just incredible because they're the Patriots and they always can. Yeah. Um, Chris Lindstrom, great player. Uh, I, I can't recall if I had him first team all pro when I when I made my fake made up ballot. As a reminder, I don't get a real ballot. Everybody gets upset about my ballot. I don't actually submit it. It's just an exercise. <laughs> uh, but he, I, he was in that conversation. He was... One of the best interior offensive linemen in the league this year. Dominant run player, especially for his size, and then lights out in pass protection. He better be Zach Martin 2.0 in terms of continued improvement of play and, and availability if we're going to cash in on, on this level of a deal. I agree with you. I think we're going to see that this is not never going to be a contract that gets realized for five total years. I think it's going to be big base salaries late, and it, the number looks nice, and it puts him on the top of the guard market, and that's great. But functionally, I can't imagine signing him to this big of a deal, especially because they are cool with potentially letting the guy who's right next to him, Caleb McGarry, walk away. And if you're McGarry, and, and, and like they didn't franchise tag him, I would assume they're still willing to talk to McGarry about an extension. But if you're McGarry and the guy right next to you just got made the top of the right guard market, you're looking at the right tackle market, Mike McGlinchey, and going, right, jack it up. So like if they still want to negotiate with McGarry, they painted themselves into a weird corner. Yeah, they painted themselves into a weird corner with how they did the Lindstrom deal and how they handled McGarry's timeline. So very interesting to see what happens at the right tackle spot. McGarry played quite well. I would assume, yeah, I mean, I would assume that McGarry would be gone. I mean, if you're going to pay, because like you mentioned, now you're saying, what, $17 million? I mean, now you're talking about paying those two guys a lot of money and they're not going to be the best, you know, tandem, guard tackle tandem in the NFL. But sorry, continue. What else? Uh, So yeah, McGarry, talk about a good right tackle option for the Bears. Or, no, not for the Bears, for the Broncos because of the run blocking, but they already have Michael Lynch. So we'll see where he lands. McGarry, I'm very interested in because he's a, uh, I like him quite a bit. Uh, and then Jesse Bates. There was always like, I, I think the Bengals were never going to pay Jesse Bates and there was always going to be a team with a ton of cap space that was going to be willing to make Jesse Bates happy. Is it probably an overpay? Yeah. Did Jesse Bates make it very clear that he's going to get paid at the top of the safety market? Yep. Did the Falcons have money to spare and desperately need improvement at safety? Yep. So this is one of those overpays where you look at it and you go, okay, but everybody's happy. So why do I care that Arthur Blank is spending $16 million per year instead of like $13 million per year on, on Jesse Bates? We're all going to get over it. Uh, yeah. Hey, plus uh, uh, Jalen Hawkins, who I think is a name that not a lot of people know, but Hawkins is a nice, strong safety for the, for the Falcons. Good safety deal. Be a good safety deal for a bit. A.J. Terrell, like they're, they're still a ways away defensively. David Onyemata helps a little bit, but still a ways away defensively. Um, but that secondary is coming into, into nice picture. Another team where I'm not sure what their plan is. Like 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 you said Lindstrom, you have a, if you have a very good homegrown player, I believe in retaining that player. Uh he's been good for them. He's been durable. 
It looks like a a, hu, a big an overpay based on the numbers we have, but I think those numbers are going to come down. Jesse Bates, you know what? I like Jesse Bates a lot. Jesse Bates is a young player, though. If you have money to spend in free agency, you spend them on players like Jesse Bates. He's been productive. He's been durable, uh, and he's young. He, you, you don't have to worry about him declining here in the next two to three years. And so you pay him $16 million per year. Right. I don't think that's uh, crazy. I think that's fine. Anyamata was a weird one to me. I mean, he'll play next year at 30 years old, and you're paying him three years, $35 million per year. I just don't know where, like, I mean, a couple things. One, we can have a philosophical discussion. Does it make sense to pay, uh, you know, if you have money, pay a guard and a safety at the top five at their respective positions on a roster? I mean, that, that, that would be one topic of conversation. But more importantly, it's just like, until I see what they do at quarterback, nothing else matters. Like, if you tell me they have some great move up their sleeve right. to land a quarterback, and then, okay, well, now we look at the roster and say, oh, don't forget, they got Bates, they re-signed Lindstrom, they have Pitts, they have London, they have Terrell. Oh, all right, now things are looking mm-hmm. up for the Falcons. But, like, I'm not, until I see them make a move at quarterback, I'm going to assume they're just kicking the can down the road, kicking the can down the road, and it's going to be 2027, and they're going to say, you know what, this might be the year we finally pounce. That could be totally wrong. Maybe they may make a move in the draft or have another move up their sleeve um that's just my concern with the falcons like if, they, if they're going into next year and i know you know people like desmond ritter and maybe he'll be fine but if that's their plan then i just can't get too excited about him yes you're raising your hand um i'm gonna say i agree with you on onimata is kind of weird i love that this there's no like if dean peace was still the defensive coordinator undersized defensive tackle to put next to already undersized defensive tackle Grady Jarrett plus also safety who doesn't like to tackle would never have happened never never and the second Dean Pease is gone it's Ryan Nielsen like oh cool we can sign athletes again sick so that's my last Falcons note I do have an additional Broncos signing if we want to pivot back really quick yeah what do you got they signed somebody else Cardinals defensive end Zach Allen who Famously oh, really? played under Vance Joseph there with, with the Cardinals. Now signed to Denver. Uh, initial report from Schefter, three years, $45.75 million, which includes $32.5 million guaranteed at signing. Now, I like Zach Allen. Zach Allen is a handy player to have around. I did not think he was going to get $15 million per year on the open market. And I don't know how open his market was because I am now wondering if Vance Joseph was just like, here's all the money we have. And Zach Allen said, yep. And then that was the whole thing because I don't think anybody else was lining up to play Zach Allen 15 million per year. So the Broncos, baby, just throwing cash around right now. I had him in my uh, top 100 ringer free agents. The comp I had was BJ Hill's three-year $30 million contract from last year. So yes, this is considerably more if that's the number $15 million per year. Zach Allen's a nice player, 26 years old, uh, nine and a half sacks, 34 QB hits over the past two seasons. Uh, can give you some of that interior pass rush. Bats a lot of passes down, so he, he does deserve credit yes. for that. I think he had seven batted passes uh, last year, sort of a mini J.J. Watt. So yeah, I like the player, um, but that, they're, man, they're really just opening up the uh, the checkbook and trying to spend and trying to be a winner. I, I guess Zach Allen's a younger player, but I did not expect them to be like this aggressive in free agency, but I guess they realize yeah. they don't have the draft capital, and this is the way um, to improve their roster. So that's pretty interesting This from and, the Broncos. Yeah. So w- there's a thing happening 
that is annoying me. <laughs> There's a thing happening. Okay. Well, it's just like this is this is classic, like coaching and coordinator changes where it's like okay, like we have a guy here who can fit a role, but he's not my guy, right? Like the Broncos are letting Draymond Jones walk, and Draymond Jones is a defensive tackle and not a defensive end. I understand that, but Draymond's a really thin and small defensive tackle, and Zach Allen's a really big defensive end. Functionally, they're going to play in the same spot a lot, which is the inside shoulder of the tackle. Draymond's going to make way more than Zach Allen, right? Like you're, you're expecting him to make what, like 17, 18, right? And Okay, it was actually Zach Allen made fifteen million per. So it's yeah, not way I don't more. know now that he's gonna right. make way more. <laughs> it's, it's just it's the sort of thing where like you see that you see the way the Broncos changed at the guard positions, right? Where okay, like Dalton Risers out, and we're gonna put uh, Ben Powers back in, right? You see that. Um, there was another one earlier that bounced off my head. Who was the first team that we talked about? The Bears. Oh right, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards in for Roquan Smith. GMs and, and coaches they love to do this. I gotta get my guys in here. I gotta get. The, I got. It's gotta be this body type. It's gotta be these dudes. Yeah. I don't really know if you do, man. I, Draymond Jones might just be a little better than Zach Allen. And that's just the reality of things. And just because you know Zach doesn't mean you got to make the move. It's, it, this is, it's, it, it, I don't want to say it's knucklehead stuff because it's not fully knucklehead stuff. There is logic to it. But it always bothers me. Where it's just like, oh, oh got to go get my guy. Okay, congratulations. You got your guy. This is not a great contract, though. So where are we at? Yeah, it's a fine line between finding players who fit your scheme and taking the best players and making them fit. I mean, I understand both sides of it. I do think it goes back to the idea that I believe that Mike Tomlin has said in the past that NFL coaches don't always understand what their job is. And you have a good player uh, right there figure out a way to use him rather than needing to shuffle those pieces around for maybe an inferior player who you feel like might have some traits that fits your scheme better. So I'm with you there. That uh, frustrates me about coaches uh, pretty much every offseason. I don't know if it'll be the case with these specific examples or not, but it's certainly the case with a lot of coaches and a lot of teams around the NFL. All right. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Last team we'll talk about, and then we will get to our extra points. The Kansas City Chiefs with, I thought, a very interesting move. Yeah. It looks like Orlando Brown will be gone. They'll let him walk. They signed Jawan Taylor, a right tackle for the Jaguars. Uh, They're going to move him to left tackle, and they sign him to a four-year, $80 million deal with $60 million guaranteed what did you think when you saw that contract and saw specifically that they're going to have him uh, play a position he has not played in the NFL, yeah. I believe? This is a classic example of my favorite game. Theory and execution in the NFL. Chief theory, good. Orlando Brown is a guy who, who who's, is liable in pass protection. Sometimes we leave him on an island. He gets beat up by really explosive rushers because he's heavy-footed. He doesn't add as much to our running game as we thought he would. We really hit on some of these other interior guys, and they become the foundational part of our running game. 
Orlando Brown wants a huge payday, right? All, all, all the, the noise around Orlando Brown is that he's looking for a real big figure. We grabbed him off the right side on a previous team, and we pushed him over to the left side. We should be able to plug somebody else in here on the left side. Theory, good. Execution, we're now paying Jawan Taylor $20 million a year. How did you get from A to B? What happened? Something happened in the middle here where, like, I think part of it is because they successfully moved Brown from the right side in Baltimore to the left side on the Chiefs line. They're like, oh, we could just do this again. Ah, it's not that easy. Uh, first, like, I don't know if you fully successfully got Orlando Brown to be a good left tackle. And secondly, even if you did, it's difficult to make that side switch. Not everybody's able to do it. So firstly, let's not set our watch to just like, yeah, we, we take right tackles and play them on the left side. We're chilling. Like that, that's a little much for me. It's worth noting, like they are also open on the right side, right? Like Andrew right. Wiley is a, is a rising free agent. They have Lucas Yang, who they've been trying to develop to take that spot. So a subsequent move, right? Somebody falls to the Chiefs on draft day. I didn't think it was going to fall to them. They're like, oh, we like this guy's starting left tackle. We're going to get him in the building and then we'll figure it out. Like they might still end up with Jawan on the right. So it's worth making that caveat. But I think that's a part of it. I also think the other part of it is that like, you're just playing so much with house money with Mahomes where they like, you know, they like dusted off the 2019 scouting report on Jawan Taylor. And they're like, oh, we really liked him back then. Let's do it. And they maybe didn't watch any of the recent Jags film, which Taylor had some really nice stretches of play, but he's been injured. And coming off of injury, he just hasn't been nearly as effective, in my opinion. Um, I think, from what I understand, the Jaguars were talking with Jawan Taylor with like a yearly number in the low 10s. And he's making $20 million per. I think the Chiefs were negotiating against nobody in this one. And again, I think investing in the line is a great idea. I think that making the switch off Orlando Brown is an awesome idea. I love the approach. There was like rumors they were going to trade for Laramie Tunsil. That really would have been sticking the landing. $20 million per for Jawan Taylor? Not sure if that's sticking the landing. Yeah, it is different than the Orlando Brown thing because Brown had played left tackle with the Ravens a little bit. Remember Ronnie Stanley? Yeah, he had to bounce over for Ronnie, so, right? Yeah, and so that started the whole thing because he, he he got to fill in for Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. He played well. Then they signed Stanley to an extension and say, Stanley's going to be our left tackle. You're our right tackle. And he says, no, wait a minute. I want to play left tackle. I want to get paid like a left tackle. I want to be traded. Then they trade him to the Chiefs. So there was some of that proof of concept there. Uh, at the same time, yeah, Orlando Brown, was always a I mean he played well enough for the Chiefs don't get me wrong but it was always like that wouldn't be the offense you would say would be best suited for Orlando Brown where you're dropping back in pass protection uh that many times a game when he's so good as a run blocker run run blocker now Jawan Taylor you mentioned some injuries now maybe he's had some that he's worked through but he's been incredibly durable he has not missed a game uh in the last I think four seasons 68 consecutive starts uh playoffs included and I do wonder with the Chiefs when I look at some of the play some of the players uh the offensive linemen specifically that they've signed I feel like they value durability like they'll take a little less talented player for more durability and pay him a lot of money like Joe Tooney remember that was a big they made him I think the highest paid guard in the NFL he was one of the most durable offensive linemen in the NFL Orlando Brown he has been a very durable uh left tackle and now Jawan Taylor so uh I look at it and this is one of those where if this was another team and they said, yeah, we're signing Jawan Taylor for $20 million a year and we're moving him from right tackle to left tackle. I would be like, what are you doing? This is not going to work out well. But you know what? I'm going to give the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt. I feel like yeah, it'll be week seven. Week seven. 
Yeah, it'll be week seven next year, and they're all the O-line Twitter will be, you know, uh, showing Coloma. Look at Jawan Taylor. He's really looking good here uh, at left tackle. And so uh, I think Andy Heck is their O-line coach. Andy Reid, obviously, knows how to coach offensive linemen. And then you kind of mentioned the key part of this. I mean, Mahomes makes those O-linemen right so often, whether it's with his mind, whether it's his his elusiveness, uh, whatever. Mahomes, it, it, it really helps those guys. And, like, I mean— we know that what happened in the Super Bowl against the Bucks a few years ago, but other than that, uh, he, you know, he, he's going to be able to make it work. So I'm okay with it. Let's see how it works. I don't know if it's going to work, but uh, I'm just kind of kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. And you mentioned Andrew Wiley. I think he reportedly is heading to the Commanders on a three-year, twenty-four million dollar deal. So you're right; yeah. they still have to figure out right tackle, or like you said, if they have someone else who they like playing left tackle, they can move Taylor to right tackle. But I thought that. That's a very interesting move for a first day of free agency. Sign right tackle to $20 million and move him to left tackle. All yeah, right. I, um, I could have sworn Taylor missed time with, with a major injury. I apologize. That's, that's on me. I might be complaining with Cam Robinson, who I know had an ACL. Regardless, I do yeah. distinctly remember Taylor playing quite well early in his career and then his play going down later. Could have sworn there was an injury there, but I'm, I'm completely wrong on that. So that's my bad. All good. Let's get to the extra points we're here we could talk about whatever we want i'm gonna give you the floor floor ben i think you had a team uh, uh team focused one you wanted to get to what do you have for your extra point tonight dolphins are going to the super bowl all right dolphins oh do- my gosh what? dolphins dolphins are winning my uh my uh my offseason super bowl which i remember i remember debating with you on on bill's show in the middle of the season last season about the dolphins legitimacy of a, of a potential super bowl run and then obviously we had subsequent uh, injuries to Tua Tagovailoa, and the train got derailed. But there they were, three points out from the Bills. Skylar Thompson. Uh, the two moves that the Dolphins have made so far this this season, uh, this off season, have both been, in my opinion, integral. The trade for Jalen Ramsey was awesome. Uh, sent a future third and uh, a tight end Hunter Long. Which, if you're like who, yeah, exactly. Uh, for Jalen Ramsey, corner from the Rams, they extended Ramsey guaranteeing some of the base salary over the next two years as part of his his deal I couldn't be more fine with it I'm completely okay with it uh Ramsey is under 30 and for the majority of his career to this point has been the best corner in the NFL was he the best corner in the NFL last season no but over the six what year is it 23 seven years that Jalen Ramsey's been a corner in the NFL he has for the majority of the time been the best He's been in the top five the whole time, man. Like, this is the ability to plug in and play a, a new top corner one, bump Xavier Howard to corner two, which at this stage in his career is probably better for him, paired with a great safety duo, Brandon Jones and, and Javon Holland. Vic Fangio is dialed up. And then, like, when you've seen these Vic Fangio defenses be successful, you've seen them be successful with a true three-down, impactful pass-defending linebacker. As a general like rule, we talk a lot about split safety coverages in the NFL. The NFL's moving to two deep safeties. When you move to two deep safeties, you put more stress on your middle linebacker and pass coverage. Now, he's going to have to run the pole. He's going to have to be vertical a lot more because there's no post safety. There's no deep middle safety now. So split safeties, I put more pass responsibilities on my middle linebacker. I think one of the three best coverage linebackers in the NFL is David Long from the Titans. And the Dolphins signed him on a two-year deal for $11 million total. That's bananas. That's banana cream pie. Long, Jerome Baker, and they re-signed Duke Riley. I'm not going to lie to you. 
It's not the biggest linebacker room. We are going to have size problems at times. We will occasionally be big boyed. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not pulling the wool over your eyes. There's, there's some concern here with run defense. However, on passing downs, that's a really, really, really impactful duo in, in, in Baker and David Long. Long's film this past season for the Titans, it, it, it reminds you of if somebody made Fred Warner smaller. Like, that's just like, like, he just doesn't have the size and the range of Fred Warner, but he has that level of instincts. He has that level of comfort in zone coverage. So, this defense now, with how well Christian Wilkins came along last year and Jalen Phillips came along last year, with the additions of, of Long, Jalen Ramsey, and then Bradley Chubb, who obviously was only around for the second half last season, for the emergence of young players, Javon Hall and Cater Kohu, who's their nickel player. It's a good defense. It's a good this is this personnel plus Vic Fangio. This to me is a good defense. I look at this and I say, oh, I see exactly how this is going to work in terms of being like a contending caliber defense. And then it's can Mike McDaniel do it again in year two? And if he can do it again in year two, like I'm telling you, man, I'm I'm all in on the way that the Dolphins are building it. I'm loving this. I don't even know where to begin with this. First of all, David Long. I mean. I feel like the NFL uh, hipsters on Twitter, you guys need to have a ceremony this offseason and give David Long your award. I don't know if all of you are, but like you, you know, I saw Mina Kimes loved it. Nate, like all the smart, the smart football minds I read. Uh, do we care that he's mid? Do we care that he started, uh, what is it, 26 games in four seasons? Or no, we don't care about that. That's okay. okay. You okay. say it like that way, uh, 26 games in four seasons. That, yeah. That, that, it makes it sound so much worse than it is. He misses a few he's games every season. He's missed 12 games the last two years because of injuries. And didn't Mike Rabel make some crack about his, his hamstring or something? I feel like that I didn't that. end well. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm missing that with someone else. But he has had uh, some injury issues. I like the play. Actually, I, I'm actually with you that I think this is a perfectly reasonable, this is, a, this is a good way to spend money in free agency because he's a high upside player. He's young. Vic, you trust your coach to get the most out of him. So I actually do like that signing quite a bit. If it was like, you know, two years at a high number, I'd go, why are you signing a player for this right. number when he's like, had injury issues? But it's not yeah. that. It's a perfectly it's, reasonable right. contract. Two years, 11 million. When Alex Singleton's three years, 18. When Bobby Okereke is four years, 40. When, uh, uh, what's his name? Alex Anzalone is like three years, 21.5. Yeah. That's, David Long was getting all pro boats, man. Like this is the dude. Yeah, it's objectively a, a nice deal now. Uh, and even the Ramsey trade, I, I'm fine with that as well. I thought he was going to go for more than a third-round pick. Like, if I'm some other teams, I'm going, shoot, you know, maybe we should have given up a second-round pick uh, to get Jalen Ramsey, although maybe he wanted to go to Miami. You have the coach in Fangio with these pieces. Uh, I'm with you that the defense is going to be really good. Just have going to have some concerns about that offense to a tongue of Iloa coming off the two to three concussions from last year, and now they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. I'm not sure why you're in a rush to do that if you're the Miami Dolphins. Just speaking uh, frankly, they signed Mike White, which Mike White is a fine backup, but I don't know that if Mike White has to play in a playoff game against Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow that the Dolphins are uh, are going to win that game. So I think if you're a Dolphins fan, it's fine to be excited. I don't want to rain on your parade. You know, you have a lot of star power there uh, on that team, and I thought they were pretty much they were a well-coached team. Last year, I am not close to where Ben is in terms of putting them in the Super Bowl I'm picture, ready. though. I'm, in I'm the ready. AFC. The best, the best thing was I was like, I was saying like, oh, this Ramsey deal is great. Like this long deal is great. And then a couple of the people who, who hate me because I talk about Tua is like Ben's tone has totally changed on the Dolphins. Like why? <laughs> and like because they got good players. Like this is 
This is how it works. They got better players in the building. Um, do you have an extra point or do you want a, an update on some signings that have gone on since we've recorded? I do. Let me get, let me hit give it, you it. my, and then you can hit me with those and we can react to them to make this uh, podcast as non outdated uh, as it can be. Uh, I like the Lions getting Cam Sutton for three years, $33 yes. million. That was one of my favorite yes. signs, one of the most reasonable signings I thought uh, of the day. Uh, again, a durable player, uh, has never missed, or in the last four years, has not missed more than one game in a season, can play slot, can play the outside, plays with a toughness, good ball production last year, and they paid him. Uh, I thought that was exactly what you should pay, $10, $11 million for Cam Sutton. So nice job by the Lions. You don't have to make five signings on day one. You can make one. It can be a reasonable move at a premium position. Mm -hmm. Fill a need. Nice job by Detroit. Uh, Bengals. I thought you were going to mention you probably meant to mention this one because I think you like this guy. Jermaine Pratt back. $7 million per year. I like that. Fit in the the defense. Nice value. We just mentioned what a guy like Bobby Okereke is getting $10 million a year from the Giants, and Pratt's getting $7 million per year from the Bengals. I'll take that Bengals signing uh, any day of the week. I like that one. And then the Bucks getting Jamel Dean back for four years, $52 million, $13 million per year. Uh, I thought he was going to get paid Hometown discount, man. Come on now. Yeah, well, well, it's interesting because the same thing happened last year with Carlton Davis, where I thought he was going to get more money whether a market didn't materialize or whether he just wanted to stay in Tampa, whatever it was, I think he was got 14 a, million. There was definitely a report there. I can't remember who had it. I'm scrolling right now, but there was a report that was like, Jamel Dean took less money because he wanted to stay with the Bucks. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. So there, 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 you, there you go. So uh, they've got Dean and Davis. I mean, those are two good cornerbacks in their mid-20s. And so I don't know what direction the Bucks are going in here, but I'll still say... They've got like a lot of young, talented players in their 20s still. I don't know what the team's going to look yeah. like. I don't know whether they're going to be good, but this is not one of those teams that just has like, they're, they're not like a team that went all in and now has a bunch of 33-year-olds who they have to trade and get rid of. Like they still have a lot of young, talented players uh, on that Bucks team. So if Jason Light were- could just rob a bank and then make yeah. that cap space, <laughs> they'd be the perfect Lamar team. But unfortunately, that's not how robbing a bank and creating cap space works. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe uh, in the new CBA, there can be something that uh, rewards GMs for robbing banks. A move I did, I thought was a head scratcher. And listen, I might just have a bias where when teams overpay for blocking tight ends, I go, what are you doing? But the Vikings signed Josh (laughs) Oliver three years, $21 million? What? What Josh Oliver. What do you think Josh Oliver's reaction was when his agent told him that? (laughs) Was he like, about time, man? Come on, I've been... The folks are finally I, noticing, noticing. I hope he celebrated again. I like when it's good for cash players to checks. get paid. I, I, I am Team CTC. Yes, cash them checks. So there's nothing against Josh Oliver. But if you're the Vikings, I mean, you need cornerbacks. You need offensive linemen. You have needs here. $7 million for a tight end, too. You traded for TJ Hawkinson. Last season, like you have a starting tight end, Josh Oliver has 230 career receiving yards in 35 games, three seasons. I understand he could be the best blocking tight end the world has ever seen. I still don't know that I want to pay $7 million per year for that when I have limited resources to use. Wouldn't you rather like 
sign a guard or sign a couple backup guards so that when you inevitably have some injuries, you have uh, more guys to play offensive line. So uh, I wasn't, I, I did not like that move by the Vikings. So I thought that one, the McGlinchey one, and even Edmonds, I mean, listen, Edmonds could work out for him, but those were the three that stood out to me where I was kind of like, I don't know uh, about these moves. All right. Other signings. What did I miss while we were yeah. recording? So uh, since we started recording, uh, we now know the Patrick Peterson deal is two years, fourteen million, with five point eight five guaranteed for the Steelers. Patrick Whoa. Peterson the corner goes. Oh, okay, yeah. five point eight five. All right, so yeah. essentially, it could be a one year, five point eight five. So yeah. he gets a raise at this stage of his career, or something, because I think he was yeah. one year, four million uh, like last yep. year. Okay, yeah, so all right, there you go. Uh, Eric Kendricks, ex Minnesota Vikings linebacker, signing with the Chargers, which I like quite a bit. I like that one. Yeah, yeah I'm with they you are, on that uh, one. I like an Eric Kendricks. Yeah, I'm. I'm fairly certain Drew Tranquil is a free agent. I think he is. They, they he need is to correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's so handy having you around. So you have to go through all these free agents. Whenever <laughs> I'm like, I'm like pretty sure the guy's a free agent. You're like, yeah, yeah. 100%. I got my spreadsheets right yeah. here. Yep. Uh, we talked about okay. Zach Allen live on the show. Here's the doozy. Here's the one that I'm excited for your reaction. Uh, Jazina Anderson. Quarterback Jameis Winston just texted me that he is finalizing a deal to return to the Saints. Return uh, to the Saints! <laughs> Ian Rappaport <laughs> continues on. It's a one-year deal for Jameis Winston worth up to $8 million with no starting opportunities. Winston sticks with what's familiar. So the Saints brought him back, baby. It's Jameis and Derek Carr in the room. <laughs> Could not be two more different quarterbacks. I mean, I'm just trying to think. Is there not another place for Jameis Winston... Could go. I mean, the Saints just on these one-year deals. The Saints have been all over the place, by the way, with what they've signed him for. Like last year, they lose out on Deshaun Watson, and they're like, "Shoot, we got to pay Dave James Winston some real money here, fourteen million." Uh, and he just has not had any suitors. So yes, Jameis Winston and Derek Carr. There you go. Yeah. Saints spending uh, some responsible money. Yeah. Other notes, Texans uh, bring Jimmy Ward back, or bring Jimmy Ward from the Niners. D'Amico Ryans makes sense. Safety from the Niners. Oh, that's and interesting. Then, yeah, and then Field just tweeted, uh, Field Yates of ESPN, the Bills have restructured the contracts of quarterback Josh Allen and outside linebacker Von Miller, creating approximately $32 million in salary cap space per source. So the Bills are doing something, and we are going to discover what that is at a later time. Odell Beckham Jr.? You need $32 million for Odell? I don't know. No, you don't need it, but listen. Yeah, they've been interested. <laughs> it's, good to, it's always good to have the space, you know? You don't know what moves you're going to want to make. All right. That was fun. Hopefully, listen, there'll be more moves to come on Tuesday. I think we hit uh, all of the big ones, most of the big ones today. Uh, there will be other people on the Ringer NFL feed throughout the week. We might even be back on the Ringer NFL feed throughout the week. So thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Benjamin Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing additional production supervision supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. We will talk to you soon on the Ringer NFL show. Thank you.